Thank you, Jesus. Mm, yes, Lord. Thank you for your spirit, Lord. Thank you for your power. Amen. Well, we want to get right into our study time tonight. Everybody's got your lesson. Everybody's got your Bibles. So we're going to First Thessalonians, Timothy 3.16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up in the glory. Amen. This mystery. Amen. And so tonight, that's what we're going to talk about, the hidden mystery, understand the hidden mystery. And the thing we have to realize is that I said it a thousand times, I said it a million times, uh, the, everything in a child of God's life flows from the understanding that you understand who Jesus Christ is. If you don't ever gain that revelation and knowledge and understanding of that, then you will always struggle in your walk with God. You will never come to a knowledge and understanding of who you are, who he is, and how you are to operate your life. Amen. And this is essential. Amen. And this this knowledge and revelation is gained through fellowship with Christ. It is gained through church attendance. It is gained through studying the Bible. It is gained, amen, through prayer. It is gained through worship. Amen. And the more you spend time in those things of the Lord, you will find that revelation will begin to come clearer to you, amen, from God's word and from God's messages and God's prophecies and the things that he sends. We want to have that better revelation, amen. We don't want to just have the surface revelation. We want a better revelation so that we fully understand who we are and who he is and who we are to be in him so that we can walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I am of the belief that most people that walk away from church and walk away after they have been filled with the Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Ghost is due to a lack of knowledge. Amen. The Bible says in Hosea 4, 6 that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Amen. We have to have the knowledge of Christ. We have to realize who he is in our lives so that we can walk worthy. Amen. So understanding the hidden mystery. A mystery is something that is difficult or impossible to understand or explain without true revelation or exposure. Paul told the church, but God had revealed them to us by his spirit. Once we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, amen, with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues, and we go on to follow on to know the Lord, he begins to reveal things to us and bring things to our mind and our knowledge so that we have the understanding, amen. The Holy Ghost is given to us to give us the wisdom and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. When Pharaoh summons Joseph to interpret his dream, he said, I have heard say of thee that thou can understand at a dream to interpret it. And Joseph asked of Pharaoh, saying, It is not me, not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Amen. So Joseph says, It's not me, but it's God. So if you want revelation, it's not me, it's God. <laughs> You're going to have to go to him. 
Amen. You're going to have to search the scriptures. You're going to have to get into it so that he can reveal to you the things that he wants you to know so that you can grow thereby. As Peter told the church in in 2 Peter 3.18, he says, But grow in the knowledge and the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We want to grow in the Lord. Amen. Grow in the grace, grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You should know more about God. If you've been around the church any time, you should know the things of God. Those those hidden things should be being revealed to you so that you understand how to live, how to behave. As, as Paul told Timothy, if you notice the scripture, verse First uh, Timothy three fifteen before sixteen, he says that if I tarry long, that you should know how you should what behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Amen. You need to know how to operate, how to behave, how to conduct yourself. You need to know how to speak. You know how to, when to be quiet. You need to know how to operate in the house of God, both in this natural uh, temple and in this spiritual temple. Amen. There's behavior things. As David said, I will behave myself in a perfect way. Amen. And so you have to understand these things of, of how we come into this knowledge and the relationship with, with the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul told the church at Corinth in the second chapter, in the seventh verse, he says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Notice, he says, We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Amen. That's why a lot of people don't understand the creation is because they like wisdom. Amen. You have to be able to see through the studying of the books, amen, to get the wisdom of God so that you can have the knowledge of God from the creation. From the creation, from the beginning in Genesis chapter 1. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Amen. And God divided the light from the darkness. You don't have to go forward right off the bat. You can see the new birth process was initiated right in the beginning. You know, in the first couple of verses, taking darkness away from the light, light away from the darkness. Amen. We were in darkness. Now we what? We walk in the marvelous light. Amen. So God ordained the New Testament plan of salvation Amen. Right in the first couple of scriptures in the New Testament, as you begin to walk through it all, you begin to see how he does things. And you will notice that God is very detailed. God is very precise with what he wants. Amen. And we can't violate those principles that he has given unto us. So Paul says, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world began. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, Paul tells us that Jesus Christ is what? He's the power of God, and he is the wisdom of God. Amen. He's the power of God, and he's the wisdom of God. And, and so that lets you know that Jesus is omnipotent. He has all power. In Matthew 28, uh, uh, verse 
18, Jesus says, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. Amen. And so wisdom, he's omniscient. He's all-knowing. Amen. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. Amen. He operates everywhere. That's why all over the world, God is there. And so you can see the wisdom of God in operation. This is why Jesus says, amen, and and Isaiah, through the prophet Isaiah, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. So therefore, don't think your ways is going to line up with God's ways. You're going to have to line your ways up with God's ways. Okay? So if you want to be like him, you're going to have to change your thinking And once you read the Word of God, now what? James says you've got to learn to be a doer of God's Word and not hearers only. Amen. You see, this is why a lot of people uh, walk away from God when you start talking holiness. See, people do not have the knowledge of holiness. They are focusing on the wrong thing. They're, They're giving too much diligence to the wrong thing. Holiness means sacred. It means pure. It means morally blameless or religious, consecrated, a saint of God. This is why you hear me say all the time, holiness is not what you wear. Holiness is who you are. And who you are is what you're going to wear. Say, So when you understand that God wants you to be consecrated, that God wants you to be pure, that God wants you to be morally blameless because in him is no guile, there is no deceit. That's why he says in Leviticus and First Peter, be ye holy for I am holy. In other words, God is blameless. God is pure. And so therefore, when we are baptized in Jesus' name, this is what Paul is saying to the church at Rome in the sixth chapter. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, God forbid. Know you not that so many of you was baptized into Jesus' name, was baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism, that if Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we should walk in newness of life, for we have been planted in the likeness of his death. We shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. See, Jesus is pure. So therefore, when you come up out of that water, you are to walk pure. You are to get your focus on him, on the word of God. So you begin to pattern your life. So you become pure. You become sacred. You be consecrated. You be set apart for his use. So you want to do what God is doing. You want to act like God. You want to be like him. That's why you're called Jesus' name only, (laughs) baptism and filling of the Holy Ghost. So you have to have this revelation of holiness before you understand how beautiful holiness is. See, people are focusing on the outward instead of the inward. If you get the inward right, the outward is going to be right. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs if, uh, 23, 7, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. See, you have to do those things that make yourself pure. You know, you, you, you can't think that you can sin this moment and be pure the next. It doesn't work that way. That's why the Bible calls for you to what? Come out from among them. 
and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you unto myself. And that's why, as I said at the onset, a lot of people walk away from church because they keep saying, well, they're trying to tell me what I can wear. They try to tell me how I can look. They try to tell me what I can do. No, that's not the picture. You just don't have an understanding of who you are to be. You are to be pure. You are to be holy. You are to be consecrated. You are to be a saint. You are to be set apart. Amen. If you didn't want to be holy for God, you shouldn't have got baptized in Jesus' name. You should have stayed in the world, you know, because he has a purpose for calling you, see. And so people don't have that knowledge of God, and so that's why they fight against the system, see. But when they have a knowledge of God, they won't go anyplace. Look at, uh, let's go to John chapter 6 real quick. And 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 verse uh, started verse fifty three. Okay, Jesus says, "Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat my flesh and drink the Son of Man and drink my blood, you have no life in me." I drop down to verse fifty nine. I mean sixty sixty. Many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, said, "Man, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it?" Say, notice. There's your lack of understanding right there. They didn't understand. Instead of asking him to explain what he was talking about, notice what take place. Go to verse 60, I think it's 67. Then said, no, go, 60, go back to 66 real quick. From that time. Many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. They didn't even try to get an understanding. They just said, man, that's a hard saying. You know, who can, who can handle it? And they left without an understanding. Now notice verse 67. And then said Jesus unto the twelve, you going away also? Verse 68. Then Simon Peter answered, Lord. Whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, verse 69. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Notice the difference between revelation and a lack of revelation. When you have revelation, you're not going to walk away from God because you're going to be willing to get an answer. You're going to be willing to stick right there with him and ask them for a revelation and understand it. If they would have listened to what he was saying, they would have understood that he was talking about communion. That's all he was implementing to them is to come together in fellowship and communion with him. If you don't eat this and drink this, you're not going to have any part with me. The same way he told Peter, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. You see, if, I don't, if you're not baptized in Jesus' name, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you don't have any part with him. See, because that's what he says in Romans 8 and 9. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. You can't be his if you don't have his Spirit. See, so we've got to have a knowledge of understanding. 
Amen. And this is what God wants. This is why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15:34 that some have not the knowledge of Christ. And I speak that to your shame. We've got to have revelation. If not, we're going to be tossed and driven by the winds of time. This is why James tells you in James chapter 1, he says, if any of you like wisdom, go ask the pastor. Huh? Who did he, what did he say? He says, you ask God. See? Notice, if any of you like wisdom, let him ask God. Verse James 1, 5. That give it to all men liberally and unbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Verse 6, he says, But let him ask in faith, not wavering, for he that wavereth is like the waves of the sea, is driven with the winds and tossed. Verse 7, Let not that man think he's going to get anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Verse 8. See? So James says, if you don't have the wisdom, he says, ask God. That's the best place to get the revelation. That's why in the scriptures you see the disciples, Jesus would say something and they'd be blown to smithereens. But they didn't walk away. They got along with him and they said, hey, explain that parable to us. And what would Jesus say? It's given to you to know the mystery of the kingdom. But them in parables. See? And so therefore we've got to have the knowledge. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom. There's so much wisdom that's hidden in the word of God. And he's trying to bring it out to us. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3 through 4, and then verse 9, Paul says, How that by what revelation, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore a few words, wherein when you read, you may understand the knowledge and the mystery of Christ. Amen. Paul says, he revealed to me the mystery. And I wrote, he says to you, in few words. He didn't give him a whole uh, epitaph. He made it as plain as he could so that they would have that understanding of who Jesus Christ really was. And he goes on in verse 4. He says, I meant verse uh, 9. And he says, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God, who created all things by Pastor Parker, by Jesus Christ. See, he created all things by Jesus Christ. Amen. Isaiah 42, verse 5. Go to Isaiah 42, verse 5. Thus saith the Lord, the God, the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth, and that which cometh out of it, He hath given breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. Amen. 
I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant to the people to a light unto the Gentiles. That's good. Amen. Notice, he created everything. Amen. I, the Lord, God, created all things. Get revelation here. Isaiah 40, verse 25 through 28. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 25 through 28. To whom will you liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who have created these things, that bringeth out the host of, by number. He called them all by name, by the greatness of his might. For that is in strong in power, not one faileth. Why says thou, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known? Has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. Amen. He created all things. And you need to have the wisdom. He created all things by Jesus Christ. Amen. Now look at Revelations chapter number 4 and verse 9 through 11. Revelation 4. And when those beasts gave glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure are they created. So who's going to be on the throne? <laughs> Amen. See? So revelation is being revealed, Paul says. He's revealed it to me, the mystery of Christ. Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 through chapter 2, verse 10. Amen. Galatians chapter 2. Chapter 1, excuse me, Galatians chapter 1. I'm going to start at verse 15. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them that were apostles before me, but went into Arabia and returned again into Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. But other of the apostles I saw none, say James, the Lord's brother, now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. Afterwards I came into the region of Syria and Cilicia, and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. 
But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preached the faith which once was destroyed, and they glorified God in me. Then fourteen years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also and went up by revelation and communicated unto them the gospel which I preached among the Gentiles by privately, privately, excuse me, to them that were of the reputation, lest by any means I should run and had run in vain. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised, and that because of false brethren unaware brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage, to whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But of these who seem to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, it makes no matter to me, God except no man person. For they whom seem to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. But contrariwise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me as the gospel of the circumcision was to Peter, for he that wrought effectively in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, or the Jews, the same was money to me in the Gentiles. And when James and Peter and John, who seems to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go to the heathen, and they were they unto the circumcision. Only they would that we should remember the poor, is the same which I also was forward to do. Now notice Paul says it was given to him by revelation. Jesus Christ, as you know, in Acts 9, met Paul on the road to Damascus, and he knocked him off his horse, and he said, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? It's hard to kick against the pricks. And Paul says, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord says, I'm Jesus whom you're crucifying, see? And so Paul got his revelation of who Jesus Christ was from Jesus Christ himself. I got my revelation of who Jesus Christ was from Jesus Christ himself. And if you're going to know him, you're going to have to get it from him. Or else you're going to be struggling, you're going to be tossed and driven, amen, It requires you to spend constant time in prayer and asking and seeking him for that revelation of the knowledge of truth. And once that comes, you will be steadfast. You will be unmovable. Amen. Because you have the knowledge of God. Some people say they have the knowledge, but they don't have the knowledge. Because if you have the knowledge of who he is, you're not going anywhere. You're going to know him. You're going to be committed to him. You're going to be sold out to him just like the apostles were. Amen. And you will turn your world upside down. This unknown fact of truth about Jesus, amen, is, should be revealed in every born-again believer. What was this hidden mystery that Paul wanted to disclose to us? And that's why he says in Timothy, and without controversy. Without arguing about it. He says, great is the mystery of godliness. 
When you break a code, when you get an answer to a puzzle, when you get an answer to a math problem, you are excited that you understand how to work it out, I think, right? In school, Michaela, when you, when you got it worked out or, or you figure out how to do something and you get that clear understanding, it's like the light bulb goes on. You go, oh, yeah, I got that now. I understand how to do that. Now the, now the clarity is there. Well, it's the same way with Christ. Once you are studying the Word of God, if you ever notice sometimes, if you've read your Bible through a couple of times, and all of a sudden you're reading through, and all of a sudden something just hits you, and you go, wait a minute, I know that. I've read that before. I've heard that. I understand that now. And that piece comes together to you. Then you start getting that clarity and revelation of what God is talking about in His Word and how it applies to you. I am the vine. You are the branch. You under, start understanding these things. That revelation started coming to your mind, and you started getting that clarity, and your eyes began to be open, kind of like Isaiah in Isaiah 6. He says, In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. Amen. And the angels around the throne... But when he got touched, where? From the altar. That's an example of God touching you. See? And he says, once God touched them, he realized, hey, I'm ready to go. And he says, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who will go for us? And who shall I send? And he says, hey, here am I. Send me. See? And that's why you see when Isaiah pins a lot of his things about the Lord. Look at Isaiah. He got his revelation. That's why Isaiah prophesied about Jesus being God more than any of the other, him and John, because they got the revelation from the altar. John got his laying on the Lord's bosom. He got to hear his heartbeat. The more time you spend with him, the revelation comes. Paul got his, as I said, on the road to Damascus. Peter got his on the boat. <laughs> Amen. In the middle of the sea, when he says, Lord, if it bid you, bid me come. He says, come on. He stepped out there. And when he's cried out, Lord, save me, Jesus reached and pulled him up. It, it was no doubt in his mind. After that, say, I don't know where you were. When you got your revelation of who he is. But I guarantee you, when you got it, you got excited. Amen. It brought understanding and clarity. So without controversy, great is the mystery. Amen. You've got to break the code. Colossians 2, 8 and 9. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. He's the head. He has the preeminence of everything. By him all things were created in heavens above, amen, and the earth beneath, blood, all these things God created. So the title, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, I always ask guys when they come to get their license, I says, tell me, is Jesus in the Godhead or is the Godhead in Jesus? No. That's one of the questions I ask them, everyone that comes to the board. Is Jesus in the Godhead or is the Godhead in Jesus? Huh? (laughs) 
Huh? Godhead is in Jesus. Amen. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you're complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost is in Jesus. Jesus is not in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's in him. That's why John said it in 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. There are three that bear a record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. That word record means witness. Amen. So he said there are three uh, witnesses that bear record of Jesus. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And they are all one. Amen. See, so you've got to get that understanding here of all this stuff. Amen. All things were created by him and for him. See, Jesus is just his earthly name. And Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. See? You remember, you know, the Lord told Moses, he says, Your father Abraham and Isaac know me by the name God Almighty. But by my name Jehovah, they didn't know me. See? The existing, self-existing one, Jehovah. Amen. So Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. God incarnate. See, he took on the name Jesus. That's why the angel told Mary, you shall call in Joseph. You shall call his name Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. He's come to seek and to save that which was lost. See, he is our salvation. That's why Peter says in Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. Jehovah is salvation. Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ. Christo. The anointed one. Amen. The Messiah. Praise God. The Messiah is the anointed. Amen. As well. So this mystery of Jesus Christ was he was God. And all things was created by God. In the beginning, God. See? So you got to have that revelation. So this is why John gives us this enlightenment when he says, all these, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost is in one, Jesus Christ. In 1 John 5, verse 9 through 13, John goes on and he tells us, he says, this is the record. John says, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which ye have testified of his Son. He that believe on the Son of God have the witness in himself. He that believeth not God have made him a liar, because he believed not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record, or this is the witness that God have given to us, eternal life and this life is where 
It's in his son. That's why he wrote in the gospel, verse 4, John 1, 4, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. Jesus says in John 10, 10, the thief come not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. I am come that you might have what? Life and that more abundantly. In the book of Luke, amen, when Jesus says, the Son of Man came not to what? Destroy life, but to save it. That's why when they caught the woman in adultery and they stressed her before him, and they says, Moses in the law says, such should be stoned. What say you? God rendered two verdicts. Okay? A verdict of conviction. He says, you without sin cast the first stone. And the second verdict he rendered was mercy and grace. Because he said, the Son of Man did not come to destroy life. He came to save it. So don't ask Jesus to kill somebody because <laughs> it's going to go against his word. He's not willing, Peter said, that any should perish, but that all should what? Come to repentance. He wants to give everybody an opportunity to be saved. He'll deal with them that don't take it down the road. So don't even pray for God to take somebody out. That's why you got to get in the heavens and say, God, save them. <laughs> I want to be in your will. Save them. I know it's tough sometimes, but God, save them. You know, if they don't accept it, then he'll deal with them down the road. You know, there is a judgment coming. See, so we have to realize that. Amen. So, and th- verse 14, and this is the confidence. No, no, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. And if any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he should pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin unto death. Blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. Who know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Notice. Now we go back to holiness again. Purity. He keeps himself blameless. You have to keep yourself. You're God's. You're separated. You're set apart. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in what? wickedness and we know that the son of god have come and have given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true even his son jesus christ this is the true god and eternal life notice jesus is the true god They put it out there for you. They enlighten you so that you would have that understanding. They're revealing 
their revelation so that you, hopefully you, will join them. As John says in, in 1 John chapter 1, he says, that which was from what? The beginning, John chapter, 1 John chapter 1, you know, in, in, the, in the epistles back there in the back of the Bible. Amen. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning. What was from the beginning? God. <laughs> in the beginning was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning. The Logos, the thought, the idea, the plan was with God. And that Logos, what did that Logos do? That Logos took on human form, the Word. That's why 1 John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and he beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So John says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard. Amen. Revelation. Jesus talking to them. Jesus showing them. Notice, which we have seen with our eyes. They had their eyes right on him. Three and a half years walking with him, listening to him. Which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled. John was laying all on top of him. Of the what? Word of life. Verse 2. For the life was what? Manifested. Okay. Manifest means it was acknowledged. It was revealed. See? In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So John said it was manifested. We've seen it. We've heard it. We've touched it. We've felt it. Every one of you, if you've been born again of the water and the Spirit, you should be able to say the same thing. We've touched Him. We've filled Him. We've heard Him. Because His Word is being preached constantly. And it should expire you. Amen. And He goes on and says, And bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. See, He says it's been revealed to us. Verse 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you may have what? Fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And these things write unto you so your joy will be full. <laughs> he wants you to have fullness of joy. Weeping may endure tonight, but joy comes in the morning. He wants you to be overflowing with the joy here of the Lord. Amen. The life was manifested. Life, zo, amen. The absolute fullness of life, both essential and ethical, which belongs to God. And through him, both the hypostatic logos and, the, uh, and to Christ, in whom the logos put on human nature. The word was robed in flesh. That's why when you look at 1 John 1 and 5, you don't see the word Son. It says there's three to bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And they're one because the Word robed himself in flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, and the Word became flesh. And dwelt amongst us, and we beheld this glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. 
revelation. In Him we live, we move, we have our being. In Him is life. And that more abundantly. (laughs) The light is the life. Life is the light. Praise God. Whoa, it's getting good. They're like David, about ready to run through a troop and leap over a wall up here. Praise God. Amen. This mystery itself, God manifested in flesh, has been revealed. As Paul told Agrippa, he said, this thing was not in a corner. You know? He says, this was not done in a corner. Amen. This unknown now has been revealed. Paul goes on. He tells the church in, in 1 Corinthians 24 through 24 through verse 24, Paul says, Even the mystery which was hid from ages and generations are now what? Revealed to us. This thing. Say, the old nations, they didn't know him. Notice. Even the mystery which had been hid from ages and generations, but now it's manifest to his saints. See? They did not have the understanding of who he was. That's why the Lord says to, to Moses, My people only know me by God Almighty, but my name Jehovah, even your father Abraham and Isaac, they did not know me by my name Jehovah. See? If they'd have known they would maybe have made a difference. See? All they was doing was following the cloud and following the fire. They saw God work, but they couldn't see. Paul says to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, if this gospel is hid, it's hid to them who is lost, and whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. Less than what? The light of the glorious gospel of Christ should what? Be revealed to them or shine unto them. See? So if people can't see the oneness of God, if they can't see that Jesus was God manifested in the flesh, they're blind. Satan has got that binders over their eyes. He's doing things to distract them from being able to see clearly, to hear the still, small voice, amen, when it speaks to them so that they can hear and come out of darkness into the marvelous light. See, his goal is to distract you, amen, from having that clear understanding of who Jesus is because he knows if this mystery ever gets out in people in every church, Grasp this mystery that Jesus is God and baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and living a holy and separated life. He's through. See? That's why he keeps distracting to divide. See? He don't want people to know the truth. Because Jesus says what in John 8? And you continue in my word... Then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Once you have the truth of the knowledge of Jesus Christ and his deity, you're free. And so Satan don't want them to know. 
See, that's why so many, he got people fighting against each other in the church. But if people get a revelation, true revelation, true revelation of holiness, a true revelation of baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, a true revelation of loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and the beauty of it all, and who you are in him, and where he's taking you, and you can turn your world upside down. Amen. Praise God. We're going to have to stop right there because I'm getting ready to get excited here. And y'all might be here until midnight. Wow. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we exalt you again tonight. Lord, you're worthy. Oh, God, we thank you for the revelation of truth. We're asking you, God, to reveal to us continually who you are, and all things that you would have us to know, God, that we would all continue to come in the revelation of the knowledge of your perfect will, O God. And we know, God, that your desire is that none shall perish, but all should come into the knowledge of the truth, O God. We thank you tonight, Lord God, for your people. Touch us, O God, continue to give us understanding and knowledge and growth in you, Lord, each and every day. We praise you, we magnify you, we exalt you, we extort you, Lord God. There's none like you. You are a friend that stick it closer than a brother. And we're going to study to know that friend, oh God. We're going to unfold the mystery of your friendship to us, oh God. We're thankful, Lord God, for this better revelation that you're giving us and the fuller revelation that you're bringing us of you, Lord. We thank you again tonight. Prepare our hearts to receive more and more of your word and truth, oh God. We love you. Bless your people. Be safe with them, O God. Set hedges of angels around them as they travel on their job, as they walk, as they work, as they play, as they study, all the things that they do. Be with them in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.